Women in Maritime Operations is an organization of women. With more than 800 members across 200 companies, we are excited to celebrate our sixth year of educating, engaging, and elevating women in the maritime industry. We are dedicated to connecting women from all corners of maritime operations and fostering a strong community of support and collaboration. Join us and discover our member benefits. We offer a variety of in-person and virtual events so members can participate regardless of geographical location. To learn more about WIMOS and how you can be a part of this incredible journey, visit www.wimos.org. Welcome back to Between the Levees. I'm joined today by Margot Brock, the President and COO of Mercury Resources. Margot, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Tim, for having me. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, you know how these begin, uh, I think. Um, tell me, uh, where were you born? I was born upstate New York in um, by Hamilton, which is right near Colgate University. What did your parents do for a living? My mother was a high school math teacher, and my father was salesman, cars and equipment and things like that. you have any siblings? I do. I have an older brother. Okay. Well, what was life growing up uh, in upstate New York? Well, we were, we were only up there for a couple of years. And then the family came back to Long Island, where I was raised, um, which is where I also currently live. Um, and life was good. My brother was three years older than me. And, um, you know, it was Mom and dad, two kids, house and a dog, and um, it was a pretty, pretty easy life. It was nice. My mother was a teacher. She was off in the summers, and we boated through the summers and uh, just enjoyed. Were you drawn to anything in school? Um, oddly enough, I was actually drawn to math, which clearly I came to naturally by my mother, um, and that was always my strongest subject, and I did think that I was when I graduated, I was going to go be a math teacher, or I was going to be an accountant, or I was going to be something very math driven. Um, and then last minute, I, I changed my mind. And I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. What brought you to SUNY Maritime College? So my brother was uh, is three years ahead of me in school, and he went to Maritime. So that was how I knew of the school. Uh, it wasn't very far away. It was an hour's drive or so. So you know, I spent enough time there. Uh, for a lot of years, I just thought, it's not for me. I'm not interested. My, my brother loved it. My father said, it's great. You should go. And I said, nah, I don't think so. And then I got to the end of my senior year. And maybe you, I don't know, faced with, high school graduation, faced with the reality of going to college, maybe it, you start to look at things differently. And while I was headed off to school to be a math major, suddenly just before I graduated high school, I decided to change. And I said, I went home one day to my parents and said, after thinking about it, I want to go to Maritime. And that was on a Saturday. And um, my father called the school on Monday, Fax over some information on me, my transcript, and they said, no problem. She can get in. Just 
go through the proper channels and and actually apply, which I did immediately and I got in. So it was a bit of a last minute change. And that's how I found myself at SUNY Maritime and, you know, starting what ended up being a career in um, the shipping industry, but wasn't originally my path. Well, how was the school arranged? Were there specializations you could take? Was it all one track? How did that work at that university? Um, there are the first separation in your curriculum is whether you were going to go for a tech license uh, or be an engineer and go for your engineering license. And the school as it as it exists today is slightly different than when I went in the 90s. And when we went to school, then uh, you could not get your college degree unless you passed your US Coast Guard license. Uh, I selected a DEC curriculum, which meant I had to pass my third mate license before I could graduate. So no license, no degree. Uh, that has changed. There is not a mandatory license program at the school anymore. Um, but once you got into the two degrees of that were either focused, or the two paths, I should say, that were either engineering focused or DEC licensed focused, then there were some curriculums and some degrees with, within them. But unlike a traditional university, and as a lot of the listeners to your podcast will know, the maritime schools are all fundamentally they're related to careers around shipping. So, you know, that keeps everyone a bit centralized, even if you have different degrees. You're never too far off from what your neighbor is doing because everyone's going for something that is shipping related. Do any highlights stick out from your time there? Oh gosh, there's a lot of highlights. It's um, it's a really unique unique um, experience to have as compared to all my friends that went to, you know, more traditional colleges. But probably, you know, you come in and you do an indoctrination period, which is, you know, your mini boot camp. So that sticks out because that's a whole different world when you come out of high school and out of, um, you know, out of a regular high school and you jump into boot camp. So that's a lot of memories there. But each summer after freshman, junior, or freshman, sophomore, junior year, sorry, you go out for um, summer sea term on the training ship. And when we went, it was two months each summer. And on each of our summer sea terms, we would go to three different ports. And um, so there's a lot of great memories and a lot of experiences on being on the ship and being in the ports with all of your college friends. It was um a lot of fun, a lot of memories made. Anything you can share about any uh, any antics you may have gotten into at a foreign port? Oh my gosh. I tended to, I'm going to say I didn't so much get in trouble, but um, yeah, you know, there was a, a lot that went on and probably one of the craziest experiences that we watched unfold was um, during freshman year in Curacao, a um, couple of cadets came in at whatever time they had to be in, whatever was their uh, liberty call time. And um, they decided they weren't done. Like they were, they were really, really drunk and they were not done partying. So they went up, up on deck and decided to just jump overboard. 
and swim to the other side of the canal in Curacao so they could hop out on the other side and just keep drinking. They were so drunk. And they jumped in and, of course, didn't go unnoticed. They got caught and um, they ended up on restriction for the rest of the cruise. I don't think they got off at a single other port on that ship. Made for great fun to watch, great stories to tell. And um, wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> Anything especially surprising or um, challenging from uh, boot camp? Um, it was just the premise of um, break you down to build you back up as a team. So uh, definitely a shock to the system um, because it's unlike anything you've ever done. And I was 17. Um, you know, it was hard. It was a lot of push-ups. I did a lot of sit-ups. I did a lot of planking and running and learned how to march and handle a rifle. And so it was a lot of new. It was, um, but I remember being so proud when I was done, when I, when I completed it and you march at the end and your family's there to watch you. And yeah, it was good, good experience a lot of years ago, but glad I did it. Good experience. What kind of rifle training did they require? It's not shooting a rifle. It's just handling it. Pageantry. Yeah. Just so you can march with it and look gotcha. military-esque, but you're not military. It's it's a pretend military. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so did you go uh, straight into work when you graduated? I did. I did. I graduated. Um, I finished up school. I took my license exams. And I immediately took a job that was shoreside for a container line. Um, I, at the time I intended to ship out, I had my license and I took this job and I never did end up uh, sailing and um, you know, regrets, but is what it is. Well, if, so. if you had shipped out, what would the job have been? Just traveling the world uh, in, in the, uh, at the, um, at the helm, I guess. Yeah, you know, you're you're the you come in when you come in as the third mate on the ship. Um, it is unlimited tonnage, so it could have been any ship in the world. Uh, but you are the lowest rank. You're the lowest licensed deck officer. So, you know, you're sta you're standing watches and just learning the ropes, getting your sea time and getting the experience with the goal at that point of increasing your license of then becoming a second mate, a chief mate, and then ultimately the master of the ship, you know, to be the captain. So. Well, your career did uh, divert from that a little bit. So what did you do for the container line? Uh, the container line was um, essentially just customer service work. Um, it was pretty boring. It was, uh, I was there less than a year and um, it is, you know, I, I will say I always have no regrets. Every, every stop along the way is stop for a reason. You gain knowledge, um, perspective, good or bad of what you will do in life and choose to do later. So glad I stopped there. Um, it is, it was, ended up being a integral part of where I am today when I a lot of people that if you know me in the industry you associate me with Anton Posner everyone knows Anton goes with Margot Margot goes with Anton we've been 
business partners for a long time. Uh, maybe not everyone knows, we've also been friends for a lot longer than we've been business partners and colleagues. And when I came out of college, uh, Anton was three years ahead of me at Maritime. And I walked into my interview for that job at the container line. And unbeknownst to me, Anton Posner worked there. So I got to the got into the office. Of course, you're nervous. You're just out of college and looking to get that first job. And who greets me in the lobby but Anton and comes out and says hello to me. And Maritime's a small community. So we weren't necessarily friends in college, but we knew each other. And we had a lot of friends in common or, and your worlds are all in common. So you have this connection with everyone that you go to college with in, in some way or another. And I took the job and it wasn't, it was less than a year, but Anton and I became the greatest of friends at that moment. And we had a great time working together. So from there, he went one direction, I went the other, but we always stayed great friends and um, we've been a part of each other's life since then. In, um, I joined a trading company where I was working in cocoa. So it was um, physical and exchange trading of cocoa, uh, dealing with all the chocolate companies. It was a lot of fun. I did that for a lot of years. Um, you know, my clients were Hershey and m, &M Mars and Guitard and Giardelli and Blommer and all the U.S. chocolate companies that you can think of and did that for a long time. And um, that, you know, as my next stop gave me a great background for where I am today as well. And from ultimately after 10 years of, from when I had left working with Anton, he was now looking to hire someone to work in break bulk, bulk and break bulk logistics. So I had the logistics background. I didn't have the experience yet on hard commodities. That would be what I would end up handling there. And I made the move. Um, so I worked for Anton and we did that together for five years. And I did a lot. That's where I start really learned about barging. That's where I learned about Ingram. Um, where I learned about steel. That was something that was new to me. Everything before I'd spent a lot of time in soft commodities. So now I was in hard commodities and um, having, we spent five years together there. And then from there we left and started onto what became uh, our, the businesses where we had ownership, where we were partners together in the company, which was first as minority partners in a joint venture with a large Singaporean company, doing more of the same type of work. And that led to eventually the two of us just going out completely on our own and deciding to start Mercury Resources together in 2018. And this time without a partner, without you know outside investors, with, without anyone else, just Margot and Anton. What was one of the most surprising things you discovered maybe when you, when you learned about barging or the, this marine industry, inland marine industry? So some, I will tell you that I'm a kid that, you know, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in New York. I grew up on the water. But there's not, there's not a real barging community here. 
around Long Island. There is barging for certain things. There's barges that do move um, aggregates and you know garbage around New York Harbor. They exist, but you don't really think about them. Having the education I had from Maritime, coming out with my degree was marine transportation, which is essentially a business degree. Um, that combined with my license experience to sit for my Coast Guard license, everything, everything about my degree was shipping. However, it was so focused on blue water. We talked about, you know, I had Admiralty Law as a minor. We did um, contracts. We looked at the fine print on the backs of bills of lading. I learned all about navigation across the ocean and up and down the coastline. I never learned about barges. I never learned about the river system. So getting into this business after having so much, such a strong foundation in a merchant marine, in the world of being a merchant mariner and the shipping world, to realize that it is such a huge part of the United States, what we move by barge. It is so extensive, the volume of barges that move on that river. I really had no idea because I didn't grow up near it. And I always think that that's maybe a fail in my degree and in my education of how I studied at a school based in the United, St United States teaching me about shipping and never taught me about the barging world that existed. So it was quite an eye-opener to come into it. It was fascinating to start to learn about barges and understand what they do, what they move, how far they go. And to this day, I'll tell people you know, as I'm describing what I do and what the, what the barge market means to the United States and how important it is to so many aspects of what our daily existence is that people don't understand the raw materials that move, the grain that moves, you know, everything that powers industries up and down the Mississippi and out, you know, the Ohio River and the Arkansas and all people don't necessarily understand how massive it is. So it was really incredible to get involved in it and learn, learn about the barge, barging world. Now, is Mercury Resources uh, a freight broker? We're not. We're not. Um, there, there are plenty of freight brokers out there, and we are really supply chain management. We come in, whereas a lot of companies that um, the industry will say are competitors of ours, we don't see them as competitors because their business is as a broker. And in that broker model, all... There's, um, you know, there's just veiled layers of costs that then reach the client. And it's just the way a bro brokering type of business is conducted. And the manner in which Mercury Resources approaches the market and uh, the business world is we work for the client. So we work for, we're a fiduciary essentially for our clients, but we come in and you know we might come to your company and say i have a client who needs a contract and we're going to put 
we put you in the conversation directly with our client to sign the contract. And the contract is between the two of you. And our clients like that because they clearly know who their counterparty is. They know that they are getting the, a rate that is where the market is. And the way we then deal with our clients is that barging, we'll just have a separate management fee for managing your barging, which is doing all that we do for you. And we're working on your behalf. When you are a broker, you are the vendor to them and you are that counterparty. And that is not Mercury. It is not where we fit in. So we come in on a, on a supply chain management role. Um, and then, you know, the benefits that our clients and appreciate the transparency of it. Um, and they also appreciate things, you know, brokers, it's just the nature of it when charges, you know, when demerge is charged, usually brokers have money buried in that. When a fuel surcharge is 40%, well, my clients pay 40% of the true barge freight number. Whereas if you've gone through a broker, you're paying that, that barge number plus their margin that's built in there. And you're paying 40% on their margin as well. So, you know, they're, it's just two different mindsets and approaches on how to handle, how to handle the interface between the uh, logistics components and the cargo owner, who is our client. What does the future look like for Mercury? Is it, I mean, are you, is it a growth phase? Are you, what's, I guess, what's the, the long-term vision? Uh, the long-term vision. Well, um, thankfully I still have uh, kids. I have to get through college. So uh, Mercury's not going anywhere anytime soon, as far as I'm concerned, because uh, I got two college, college bills ahead. Um, we are actually uh, on a growth growth path. We, in fact, just started this, not last week, sorry, this is the first full week with a new uh, business development person person who came um, out of uh, Norton Lilly. Jose Severin has joined us and he will be joining Anton's business development team. We're really excited. Um, we think Jose is going to uh, just be wonderful for us because he brings in a different aspect. He's worked on, the, you know, closer to the agency side of the business and some of the, you know, touching, I guess, different commodities than we have classically been in. So we're excited to bring him on and grow out our team more and hoping that we'll just continue to expand the variety of uh, commodities that we work in. And it's something that we've, you know, always sought to do. And we've been, uh, you know, classically taking us back a lot of years ago, Anton and I did really handled a lot of steel in our career. And then that sort of morphed and evolved into being more base metals, aluminum, zinc, lead, copper. And from there, it's, it's grown. And we have a much wider portfolio of commodities now, all dry that we work in and we're looking to the next chapter just being growing that and just being able to do more and take on more clients well do you expect the kids to follow on your footsteps uh i'm not sure 
I'm not sure. Um, my daughter most definitely will not. She is uh, going into her junior year. She is a competitive softball player and her career is um, leaning towards sports management. So if anyone's um, looking for an intern during, you know, next few years in college, um, front of house MLB team, that's where she would love to be. Um, if it's the Astros, it would probably be the best because that's her favorite team. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see uh, where she lands. It will not be in shipping. My son is going into eighth grade. There's still time. We, we hope. I don't know. Maybe I can get him. Maybe I can suck him in. We'll see. Well, anything else you'd like to share before we call this one? Uh, just appreciate you having me. I don't know if there's any more interesting fun facts to share about me, but just pleased to have the opportunity to talk to you and be a part of your podcast. This is great. Well, I guess while we're still at it, what do you think of the podcast, the, the episodes you've seen so far? I love what you're doing. I think you, I mean, you've got a lot of episodes in really quick order. You've, you've built this. Um, I think you, you're just so fascinating because you touch on so many different aspects within within the barging world and in the shipping world in the roles that you've been in. So watching through as I look through who you've had on, it's just such a great variety of people at different places and moments in the industry. So keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's really cool. 76 episodes of this, your, your episode 76 of this one. And I have a non-maritime show too, that I just published episode 16. So that's right. uh, 91 episodes in about nine months. It's certainly become a second job. I'm but sure. Nonetheless, I do appreciate your time this afternoon and I will keep in touch. All right. Thanks, Tim. Good to see you. You too. Thanks Good a lot. Good to see you, Tim, Tim Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Martha. <laughs> see you later. So long. Bye. This has been a production of Worry at Studios, LLC.